Today we're talking about how to read through the book of Revelation with these four lenses in mind. Now, Pastor Ross, a lot of people, when they approach Revelation, they're intimidated because there's a lot of sign, there are a lot of symbols, there's a lot of stuff that's a little bit confusing for the average Christian. Yeah, my guess is that everybody's tried to read Revelation at some point and maybe didn't get very far in it because it just was so confusing and it didn't make any sense. And so a lot of people just avoid it. And yet God says there's a blessing for those who read it. So we want to try to help our listeners understand at least one element that can help them make more sense out of Revelation. And we talk about then reading it through these four lenses or four ways to apply and interpret the book. Yeah, and so we encourage you to open up Revelation 13 because we're going to actually do this real quickly with Pastor Ross. We're going to explain the lens and then we're going to explain it in the context of this passage about the Antichrist in Revelation 13. So Ross, the first lens is to read it through the first century lens. And this is where you view it in terms of its historical context. Right. So when you think about it, there was an original audience that this was written to. Those were the people, the Christians at the end of the first century. And so there were only, there are elements of the book that probably really only make a lot of sense when they're seen against that backdrop. And how would they have understood this? It talks about things that are going to come in their life soon. And so there's certain events that seem to refer to some things in the Roman Empire at that time. Now, from our perspective, they're already past, but for those people, they were about to come. And so just like any time we read the Bible, uh, we want to take its historical context into account. And so we don't want to divorce it from the original setting and how it spoke to Christians who were trying to live out their faith in the Roman Empire. In Revelation 13, where it talks about this beast that we now today we call the Antichrist, who came and he, his rule is in direct opposition to God. He oppresses and persecutes God's people. If you're looking at that through the first century lens, then the first Christians would have seen in the description of the beast or the Antichrist, they would have seen a picture of Roman emperors like Nero or Domitian or Diocletian who persecuted the church. Now, the second lens kind of fast forwards all the way to the opposite end, and it's the future lens. And this is when you read scripture, like Revelation 13, with the period just before and surrounding the second coming of Christ in mind. Right, and so this is how I think many modern uh, Christians are used to thinking about or seeing the book of Revelation, as if it's all about that. And it is certainly about that, but not just about that. And yet, so there are certain elements of the book that, that seem to point toward the events surrounding the second coming of Christ that don't make sense just in light of the first century. And so, when you, especially when you correlate it with other aspects of Scripture and prophetic and apocalyptic aspects of Scripture like Daniel or like the discourse in Matthew and Luke about the, the end of times and the coming future— then, then you see that there's a bunch of things in the book of Revelation that really make only make sense that when, they, when you look in the deep future, like things like the return of Jesus or the final judgment or the resurrection of the dead. And so when you look at that in light of, say, Revelation 13 and this issue of the Antichrist, well, it, it suggests that there probably is some great final Antichrist-type figure who embodies the world's opposition to God just before Jesus returns, who is a, the same type of a character as the ancient Roman empires, but maybe on a grander scale and maybe at the very end of uh, history as we know it. Now, the third lens we call the universal lens, 
And this is where you have in mind the conflict that marks every age of history and every generation. So this is sort of the broadest perspective as you're reading Revelation. Right. So you read Revelation, you can see, even if you don't understand all the details of the symbols or you, you can't put it into a historical framework, there's still it's still showing us this great ongoing eternal conflict between Christ and his church on one side and Satan and the forces of the evil on the other side. So it, it kind of pulls back the cosmic curtain and shows us the true state of things in the unseen world and what's really driving history. And, and so that's true not just in the first century, and that's true not just when Jesus comes back, but that's true in every age of history, in every generation, that that conflict is still going on. And so there's these timeless principles that transcend uh, the first century that speak to all of us about the struggle between good and evil. And so uh, those symbols could really just be common for all of us. So if you looked at uh, Revelation 13 and the Antichrist in light of that, then we would see that Antichrists uh, have arisen throughout history. There's a lot of different characters who who meet the qualifications or who have the same characteristics as this Antichrist figure in chapter 13 of Revelation. Hitler as an Antichrist, Stalin was an Antichrist, and many other people on the course of the uh, historical record have fulfilled that that human embodiment of the forces of evil. And last but not least is the contemporary lens, or uh, you might call it the life application lens. This is where you read Revelation and you allow it to speak to issues and choices that you face in your everyday life. Right. And so if Revelation does communicate these great universal truths, then it's going to have application in our generation and just as much as any other generation. So we're asking, you know, how does this great cosmic conflict take shape in our world in 2020? So how do we endure opposition? How do we stay faithful to God in the face of evil? How do we increase our faith in Jesus' ultimate victory and in his kingship? And so in, in this lens, we would say that we should be really maybe careful about human leaders who might express what you could call the Antichrist spirit. They might not be the Antichrist of the future. They might not be a Roman emperor. But they are, are expressing an antichrist attitude or approach that maybe they're demanding our complete loyalty ahead of Jesus, or maybe they're uh, maybe they are in opposition to uh, the Christian faith and to Christians. And it might not be a world a leader like Hitler or Stalin. It might be a local character. It might not even be a political leader. It might be a writer um, or a, a media celebrity who. Um, applies this Antichrist spirit. And so we're looking for those kind of things to help us be mindful of how the warfare is taking place in our own life, in our own generation, and how we can be faithful uh, to Jesus and how we can trust in him in the issues that we face in our lives. So that's how to read Revelation through four lenses. If you want to learn more about this, use those questions down below to talk about it with your small group or mentor. And we encourage you to check out our series from Pursue God called Jesus Unveiled. You can find it in our series section at PursueGod.org. It's seven weeks of viewing scripture in Revelation and making sure that we unveil Jesus in the midst of all of it. You can check it out at PursueGod.org forward slash unveiled.